Readers Entertainment Radio presents Book Lights with your host, author Lisa Kessler. Book Lights, where we're shining a light on good books. Hello, everyone. It's almost February. We're pushing through winter. So if you're somewhere where it's freezing cold, (laughs) I hope that it will start to warm up. I'm here in Florida, and it is actually really cold today. So I'm like, what is happening? Um, Anyway, (laughs) I'm glad you're staying inside and you're listening because today, Edo Van Belken is back on with us to talk about his new 25th anniversary edition of Death Drives the Semi, so I'm really excited. And if you haven't read his books yet, you're in for a treat, and there's quite a few so that you can binge read. So I'll read his bio here so you can get to know him, and then we'll chat a little bit. So Edo Van Belken is a Canadian author of 35 books and over 300 short stories in the genres of horror, science fiction, fantasy, and mystery. His short fiction has been published in countless anthologies such as Year's Best Horror Stories, Year's Best Erotica, Robert Bloch's Psychos, the Hot Blood and Shock Rock series, as well as several anthologies based on RPGs. His story, Rat Food, with David Nickel, won the Bram Stoker Award from the Horror Writers Association, and Hockey's Night in Canada won the Aurora Award, which is Canada's top top prize for speculative fiction. It's Monday. I'm having a hard time speaking. Okay. More recently, his Silver Birch and Aurora Award-winning young adult series, Wolfpack, has served as the inspiration for a supernatural TV show, Wolfpack, starring Sarah Michelle Gellar. It's on Paramount Plus right now. You can watch it anytime, so log in and check that out. I did put a link to his website right there on the Blog Talk site, so if you're listening live or if you're listening later, definitely click over there and see what he's been up to and grab all those great books. And with no further delay, are you there? I'm here, Lisa. All right. It's so great to have you back on. I'm excited because you have this brand new 25th anniversary edition. That's a milestone of Death Drives a Semi. You want to tell people about it? Are there special features in there for readers for the 25th anniversary? Yep, absolutely. Uh, The collection first came out in uh, 1998, and um, it's the kind of book that I'm most proud of because when I started writing I wanted to write short stories in the vein of Ray Bradbury and my favorite book of all time was The October Country by Ray Bradbury 20 short stories each one terrific and when I was reading that book I said that's the kind of book I want to produce I want to do something like that so when I had the opportunity I published 20 of my best short stories in the book Death Drives a Semi it was published by Quarry Press of Kingston Ontario at the time, a very literary uh, publisher, so I was quite uh, thrilled about that. And it did quite well. It, it managed to get a second printing and was a nominee for the Bram Stoker Award in the Best Collection category. It features 20 of my best, as I said. It's got the, the Stoker-winning uh, rat food, uh, Stoker-nominated uh, story, The Rug, the story that was in Year's Best Horror Stories to 20, Baseball Memories, my first ever short wow. story publication. Yeah, kind of, you know, set the bar high. First short story, yeah. Year's Best Horror. But, um, 
you know, major leaguers who hit a home run their first at bat, they strike out quite a bit after that, uh, and I did as well. So, so <laughs> to continue on with how this came about, um, with the publication of Wolfpack and the TV series, I was doing a bunch of uh, blogs and interviews, one of which was uh, with Mark LeFave, Mark Leslie, who might have been on your show at quite a Yeah, I've talked with him before yeah. on Book Lights, yeah. So I did a, an interview with him, and he also has a, a small publishing company, and he uh, kicked around the idea of doing a new version of it because he was really, you know, enamored with the book and thought it was great and, you know, had the same regard for that book as I had for the October country. And he says, how'd you like to do a new, new edition? And it just happened to be the 25 years had passed. And uh, at first I said, no, no, that's okay. I, you know, but as I thought about it, I said, yeah, why not? It would be a lot of fun to do that. So we did. And uh, this new edition has story notes on how they were all, all the stories were created an introduction by myself, the introduction by Rob Sawyer, my, my good friend, was uh, revised. And uh, there's uh, one of the coolest features is sort of a comparison of my author's photo for the original, which had me behind the wheel of a semi-truck, and a new one <laughs> 25 years later with, uh, you know, a bald head and a white beard and... Uh, <laughs> Just to show that nothing's changed about the stories. A lot of things have changed about the author, but the stories right. were all all the same, none changed. Plus, we added a, a bonus story to be more like them, which is from a young adult anthology I edited, and probably one of my best stories for technique and, and impact and everything like that. So all in all, it's a really good package, and uh, I'm super proud of it, and I'm glad it's out there. Yeah, that's really cool. So was it fun for you to read back through the stories to write the, you know, reader notes about each one? Was it fun to trip down memory lane and go, oh, my gosh, I wrote this? Yeah, well, that's an interesting question, and I have several uh, points on that. Um, I've done, like, 300-plus short stories. And oftentimes I go to my brag shelf, you know, authors have shelves where all their works are collected and the books they appear in and everything. And I can be looking through uh, one of these books and see my name there in a story title. And I said, I have no idea what this story is about. I have no recollection yes. of writing this thing. <laughs> None at all. I said, did I, I do that? It felt like Urkel, you know, did I do that? Right. And um, so I, I would read the stories, and I have read several stories like this, and I said, hey, that's pretty good, you know, like, and in some way, I kind of, I, I kind of um, am saddened that I didn't pursue the career at the level that I was doing at the time, you know, because I got a little burnt out. And, you know, when you put that much effort into something and the success doesn't come, it's mm-hmm. easy to get discouraged, so maybe that's right. part of it. But back to this collection, I would read all the stories, and my reaction was, "Hey, this is pretty good. That's a pretty good story. <laughs> that worked." And I didn't, I didn't change a thing on any of the stories. There was one mm-hmm. thing I was going to change in one story, SPS, just a number, and then I thought, "I'm not changing anything in this book. Why change this one little thing? Let's just send it out into the world." If it has a blemish on it, then that's my blemish. 
And I was quite pleased that even though they were written 25 years ago or more in some cases, they weren't dated. It wasn't like, oh, that's an old-fashioned story. And there was no concepts in there that said, oh, that didn't age well. So I was right. quite pleased on that account that every one of the stories, kind of timeless. So, you know, all in all, it just it's a good package, and it's a book that I, I'm very proud of, but I think any author would have been proud of to, to produce. Yeah, that's so cool. And for my <laughs> to back you up there, uh, for myself, I can go back and read books that I wrote three years ago, and someone will point out, you know, something about the book, and I'll think they did what? And I go back and read it. Like what? It's almost like when you're a writer, your brain is so obsessed with the story that you're telling, and then when it's done, I always imagine that my brain just download, boop, gone. Um, you know, I mean, do you feel like sometimes you think you're going to remember, but you just don't? Well, it's an interesting thing. At the time, I was doing a lot of stories, and I would do them quickly. I got to the you know, a level of skill. I mean, this is like some would think he's full of himself, but I'm just talking uh, in realistic terms. I got to a level of skill where I could write a story first time through. It was fairly close to being finished, you know, a little polish here and there. And then it's out the door and you forget all about it. And mm-hmm. if you put it out there and it was published, you're on to the next story and, you know, worrying about that one. And it's very easy to forget about things that have happened in the past. And um, when I was looking through all that, I did spend some time and pick up some books and say, well, I never don't remember that story. And I read it. Oh, that's, that's all right. That's pretty good. You know? So (laughs) it's very easy to lose track when you're doing a lot. And, um, moving on to the next one. Because when you're writing, it's always like about the next thing. When I was writing novels, it was like, oh, this novel's going to be it. This is the one that's going to put me over. And it wasn't. Okay, Mm -hmm. then we're on to the next one. The next one's going to be the one that does it. And, you know, you do that five, seven, eight times, and then it's kind of like, oh, why bother? Because, you know, (laughs) it's just going to be disappointment after. But it's very easy to, you know, forget and move, move on. And I guess mm-hmm. in some ways it's a good thing, but uh, and it has been delightful to go back on things and rediscover them. I must say. Yeah. Do you feel like this twenty um, fifth anniversary edition has also brought new readers to you, people who maybe weren't weren't reading horror when it originally came out? Have you seen you know reviews from people you don't recognize um, in the industry who are just discovering it? Another interesting question. Uh, good one. Thank you. I'm on a bunch of social media, and there's a couple of forums where people are readers. They certainly are. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned uh, this new edition out, and people chime in and said, oh, I read it when it came out. It's one of my favorite books, blah, blah, blah. <gasps> but I've yet oh, that's to... nice. Yeah, well, 25 years have passed, so there's been a lot of time out there to be read and for people to Um, have an effect on them. But what I haven't come across yet, and it's still early, it came out in October, so less than six months, 
what I haven't come across is people reading it for the first time and then contacting me or me hearing about it, which I'm hopeful it will come. But right. I get it if people are reluctant because, you know, if I post in these forums, I'm the old man and it's like, well, what could he possibly, you know, know about the horror genre? He was writing 25, 30 years ago, you know, which, <laughs> you know, fair enough, fair enough. But I'm still looking forward to hopefully having some uh, positive reader response. There have been a, a, a bunch of reviews on different places, which have all been complimentary and laudatory and I'm grateful for that but as far as readers yet I don't think the timeline has been there that the it's come out yet but I'm I'm confident it will yeah yeah and are you you mentioned that you know you were writing horror back in the day but you still read it right are you reading current authors that inspire you um who are writing horror you know new new young guys to be honest i have not and i should be but okay um, yeah in uh over the last few years i've read less and less when i was reading mostly was when I was still trying to learn my craft. And if right. I want to start writing again, I certainly have to start reading what's being published now. That's, that's a right. given. They say the only work that most writers are interested in is their own. And right. I might be, I might be an example of that these days, but when I was honing my craft, I would read, you know, 50, 60, 70 books a year you know, right. one after another, even good books and bad books, because to read a bad book, then you can recognize what bad writing looks like. And to read a good book, you uh, are able to recognize what good writing looks like. So uh, I have not been reading as much as I uh, should have in the new, of new writers. And it's difficult because there's a different landscape now. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. It used yeah, to be sure. you'd go to the bookstore and you'd pick up a book by an author and say, "Oh, I'm looking forward to read that." Now there's more books being published than ever before, right. independently, self-published, from major publishers and small publishers, and it kind of gets there's a like a white noise, like mm-hmm. who do you who do you read? Who do you pick out? It used to be when uh, I was publishing in the genre. Oh, these are the top names. Look, there's a new book by so-and-so. Everyone just gravitates towards that. But the publishing landscape, you know, in the early 80s, every publishing house had uh, horror publishing programs that would do three or four books per month, each publisher. So you're talking about 40 or 50 horror novels by this one publisher. Multiply that by four or five publishers and you're getting, you know, close to 300 novels a year. Now it's even more than that. So where do you Mm -hmm. find the right one? But uh, as uh, as opposed to giving excuses, I should be reading more in the genre than I am. Yeah. Yeah. And I always think of that um, description of like lizards can't grow any bigger than their container that you keep them in kind of thing and I always think about that with writing is that you know if you're only in your own little fishbowl how can you stretch you know so yeah so I love reading um, you know to see new things people are doing um, 
and and so if you're looking for somebody, I'm really enjoying Paul Tremblay right now. So it might be one to try um, of the you know the new guys. Um, <laughs> but he's really I, talented. I think I, I appreciate I'm really that. Maybe I'll give one check. I'll check that out. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about the Wolf Pack because, of course, that got turned into a TV series on Paramount Plus. And I know streaming shows are kind of like the Wild Wild West. Before the show started, you had news for me, but you want to tell everybody what's up with the Wolf Pack TV series? Yeah. So the Wolf Pack TV series premiered in January of 2023. And uh, my wife and I were at the premiere, and it was a surreal experience, like the pinnacle of my career as a writer. And it aired uh, through January and February, eight episodes. And then uh, came the writer's strike, and then followed by the actor's strike. And Paramount Plus had canceled a bunch of shows, but Wolfpack seemed to hang on by a thread all the way through there. Last November, I was told that it had been renewed, greenlit, fantastic. And after that, there was uh, talk with Jeff Davis about uh, a cameo appearance I was going to make, and I was excited about that. I was hoping to get killed on on screen so I could come back a second day and get all the dead makeup and, you know, have uh, <laughs> that experience. And he thought, fantastic. So it wasn't just going to... I wasn't just going to be some guy in the background that the camera slow panned over. They were planning on the, on the appearance. Uh, so that was exciting. And I was told end of March, beginning of April, they were going to start shooting. So plans were in the works there. Uh, scripts had been finished and handed in. And as far as two weeks ago, actors who had been sent contracts and they were all getting lined up. And then last Tuesday, it was just announced that the series has been canceled, just like that. Oh, my and, God. Uh, yeah. So a year and a half, the uh, best time of my life as a writer, and it was over just as quickly. So oh my I can't complain. I had the chance, and uh, I saw what it was like, and I enjoyed it to the max. And um, I can't – I have no regrets. I mean, that's the way Hollywood goes. It's a stark right. reminder. You know. Right. There's a lot of there's a lot of reasons for it. Uh, Paramount's going through some turmoil now. There's potential sale of properties or the whole company. Um, there's some talk about how the strikes and the delay meant that you know a, a second season won't come out until 2025. So there'll be like right. two they years between. Over. Yeah, two years between season one and season two. So that was not a good. Uh, bit and they would have to market it all over again and do all right. that so easiest thing you know to make money is to not spend any so it got right. canceled so <laughs> dang uh, it's kind of tough to take but uh, I'll, I'll get over it and we have other works to promote and things uh, to do so I'm disappointed but I had the best time of my life so I can't complain yeah, it must have been so incredible to see your characters like up there in, you know, on the screen and to have one be, you know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer was pretty amazing. And well, um, her, that must have been cool. Her character is not in the book, right? 
So oh. yeah, that was no. Uh, I wrote a family drama with teenage werewolves being adopted by a, a forest ranger. The series was a supernatural mystery with two teenage werewolves, two teenage werewolves who been adopted by a, a forest ranger. There were similarities at the core, but um, the the stories were different. It, they they diverged. It was inspiration for not the guidebook too, but. I was confident that as the series went on, more and more of the elements and storylines in my books would have made it to the screen because oh, okay. um, the origin story of the, of the werewolf pups had to be told in season two. And uh, now we'll never know, but hey, yes. But to answer your question, in the, the, your question, yes, it was fantastic. We were at the premiere People were cheering when they saw the actors' names or Jeff Davis's name come up on the screen, you know. And at one point, based on the novel by Ado Van Belkin came on, my wife and I were the only ones in this full-packed theater saying, yay, and everyone looking around. <laughs> like, who are these guys? And, you know, so, yeah, it was a surreal experience, and it was a great thing to see it all appear on the screen, so... I had a great time, and I enjoyed every minute of it. Oh, that's amazing. Well, I'm sorry that it won't be longer, but you are not the only one because a whole bunch of shows I've heard that just got started and then both those strike hit and they're all being canceled. And probably for the same reason you're talking about is to have a second season come out so long after the other, you know, it would be like starting to show all over again, spending marketing money, I'm thinking. Well, the thing I can take from it is that uh, from all measures, it was a success. It wasn't canceled because it was a failure. It was canceled by outside uh, reasons and, uh, you know, yeah. that's the way these things go. Right, right. And you, and you uh, experienced it and I love on your website, all of the, you know, screenings and all that kind of stuff. So I'm glad that you, you know, got to live it to the fullest. We made the most of it. We had a hometown screening where uh, I gave a talk and we saw the the episode. And then uh, I gave a reading actually from Wolfpack. Then we saw the episode. And then I gave a talk and asked, answered questions. So, yeah, well, I did uh, experience it to the max. <laughs> I love that. Well, we talked a little before the show, but um, do you want to tell everybody about new things that you're working on? Um, I'm hoping that Death Drives a Semi is successful enough. Of course, I have to confer with Mark, but I'm hoping that it would be the springboard to a new collection. I have more than enough stories of a similar vein, a similar style, and of similar quality that I could do a, a follow-up to Death Drives a Semi. And uh, I would be just as proud of that one as uh, as I am of the, uh, the first collection. So I think that's a, a real possibility. And I've committed to write a brand-new story for this summer. And, uh, we'll see how, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, I'm still working out the... Uh, nuts and bolts of it in my head and you know I can't commit it to paper until I know how it's going to work and if it's going to work for my years of practice and training as a short story writer so it's kind of 
on a loop in my head. What if I try this? If it works, and then we'll go on like that. And past that, um, maybe we'll do one more video on YouTube, Wolfpack Facts. It might be the last one where I talk about my whole experience the whole time. So if you want to see my reaction to the series, Wolfpack Facts, type in Ado Van Belkom on YouTube, and those things show up. They're very well-made videos. My son works in television. He helped me with it. So we did a lot of that. And that was a lot of fun, too, and that's over, too. So, eh, wah, wah, you know, woe is me. But, you know, it was having a lot of fun. We were, you know, I was working with my son on it. It was a great time. And there were so many things that on the periphery of the TV series that were great that we have to say uh, they're over now, too. But I'll probably do one more of those, one or two more of those. And that's uh, where we're going. Some part of me says, you know, maybe there's still a great novel and I might start one if I can come up with something good enough. But we'll yeah. start small baby steps. We'll try mm-hmm. a short story for the summer. Yeah, that sounds great. Is it going to be a horror story? I mean, I know you also write like sci-fi and fantasy too. Is this one going to be spooky? No, it'll be an actual science fiction story with actual oh, nice. science fiction ideas in it. Yeah. Nice. Nice. How How fun. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, I'm, let me see here. I'm trying to get the dog to stop barking without yelling at him. That's okay. (laughs) I've had similar experiences on interviews (laughs) and podcasts. One of them, my dog came up to the loft and was on the couch looking out from the third floor, saw a rabbit in the yard of the, neighbor across the street wouldn't shut up so I know what it's like I feel for you yeah one time I had uh, I think it was Ray Garten on and my cat we have one cat who never comes out or or chats but for some reason on that particular podcast the cat came out and started meowing at me I'm like what is happening and out of the blue Ray's cat starts meowing too and it was so funny we were like well apparently our part of the interview is over and the four four four-legged friends have taken over because they had much to say (laughs) that's that's hilarious and I'm aware of Ray Garten and his works a great writer Yes. Yeah. And he's working on a new book too, finally. So it's really, really exciting. And do you think that um, maybe, I'm just putting this out there to the universe, but now that the Wolfpack happened and you put out this 25th anniversary, do you think that there's a possibility somebody might pick up more of your works to do, you know, TV or a movie or something like that? Yeah, it's an interesting point. When I was on set in Atlanta, uh, the director, Christian Taylor, he said to me, it's good. he said, it's it's interesting to see what's going to happen to you after this. And I thought, ooh, maybe he knows something. But he didn't. And nothing really <laughs> did happen. It was Wolfpack. And, you know, that's, that's it. We did, uh, there was a four-book series. And the Four books did sell to Saudi Arabia. The first book sold to um, uh, Chechia and also another edition to Italy. But that's wow. where it ended. There was four audio books, too, on Audible, so that was great. But nothing past that. And, you know, as far as the collection goes, 
there's 20 excellent short stories in there, and I would have thought that one or two of them would have been picked up for a horror anthology show or something like that right, right. over the years. But, you know, it's all exposure, you know. Right. Uh, there was a time where any work by Stephen King would have had a TV or movie adaptation and because he's Stephen King and people saw mm-hmm. the works come out and people read them and they expected something to be, you know, a visual adaptation to come about. And I would have thought that over the years, uh, one or several of the stories might got a, might have been picked up. Hasn't happened. So I'm okay. hopeful. Yeah. Uh, but who knows? Hasn't happened well, yet. Well, we'll keep we'll keep sending it out to the universe. But I think now that you're, you know, this this one door closed, I just another one about to open. And short stories make great turn into great movies usually so maybe there is something in there somebody's reading it right now and <laughs> and your life going to change all over again <laughs> well i pre- i appreciate the sentiment and you are right one door closes and another one always opens so i'm just waiting for that first the door to unlock and then open up but uh i appreciate the uh the good uh the good vibes, good vibes. Yeah. Well, we're running out of time, so everybody be sure to go check out Death Drives the Semi. It's a special 25th anniversary edition with story notes. It just sounds like a great read. So definitely go check that out and go watch because Ado's working on a new story, so that's exciting, too. Keep us posted. I will. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you. Thanks for being on today. My pleasure. Thanks for joining us on Book Lights. Be sure to connect with us at www.readersentertainment.com for articles, blogs, videos, and podcasts that matter to readers.